Legends. Legends. Welcome to the Gym Boss Podcast. Um, I'm Jimmy Halley as your host, as always. But today, it's not just me. We've got a special guest. We actually got Jack Smith. He is the owner of not one, but two gyms. He's actually here on the Gold Coast as well. But we've never met before, which is crazy. I'm sure we will after this. Three suburbs away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally like 10-minute drive. Um, and uh, Vision Personal Training, two studios. We've got the Southport Studio and you've got the Bundle Studio. Vision is actually a, it is a one-to-one personal training studio, isn't it? And so I don't like to start these things off with like, give us your whole life story. And, you know, people don't want to know that. They're like, get us to the juice, get us (laughs) to the meat, you know. Um, But the reason why Jack's come on today as well is owning two gyms, it's challenging. If you guys have one gym, you know what it's like. Yeah, multiple gyms, you know what what that is like as well. And we were just chatting before coming on. And uh, a great topic to cover is leadership and in particular navigating what's been happening with the lockdowns opening, reopening and everything else that comes along with being the boss because it can be great, but also it can be like everything stops with you as well. So, Jack, welcome, my man. Thanks for coming. Mate, thanks for having me on. Hey, it's going to be cool. This is fun. So, like I had to cut you off before we started recording. I was like, hey, so where were we like, just run with it. Where are we talking about in terms of leadership? Um, well, yeah. So like you kind of, when you did cut me off, um, we were just sort of chatting, obviously this last 18 months, mate, I think uh, everyone's had their own, it's pretty much everyone's got the same story, but they've got a different version of the same story, right? Like we've all had, you know, lockdowns reopens. We've had, clients who have made more money than they've ever had before. We've had clients who have had less money than they've ever had. But like everyone's had a, a relatively similar story, but a different version of that story. Um, so no one sort of doesn't understand the whole, what a fitness business owner has gone through in this last 18 months. Um, one of the things that I've kind of really learned a whole lot sort of through this process is like, I've seen it firsthand and I've seen it from speaking to people like, there's probably been some fitness business owners in gyms and PTs who have probably done better than they ever have before because they've just literally chosen to say like, fuck it, what can I do to control the circumstances? And then some have sort of looked around and go, who can help me? So it's that kind of taking ownership and then obviously being a leader for yourself but also being a leader for your, like your clients who actually need our services, all that sort of stuff. And it's been a really interesting thing I've seen and you've probably seen exactly the same thing some PTs and fitness businesses have gone amazingly and some have just don't, they don't even exist anymore. Yeah. I think the only thing that's really changed is what happened when we had that first lockdown. People either decided to just beg, deal, beg, borrow, steal, do whatever they had to do to kind of get moving and then the ones who kind of just put their hands and said it's all too hard. Yeah, mate, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there because if you couldn't survive that first one, which was obviously a massive shock to everybody, all the subsequent lockdowns, yeah, no hope. So yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think to a varying degree, oh, I don't want to say this without offending anybody. But <laughs> it's my show anyways, whatever. But like it kind of weeded out the half-assed operators, you know, the people that were only like half in, they weren't like or weren't very great operators. And so as soon as like there was a bit of adversity, is like what you said, they just sort of went, I'm going to go back to like whatever my plan B was where there's guys like yourself that were like, there is no plan B. I'm going to beg, borrow, steal 
to make this shit work, whatever I have to do, right? It was a bit of that whole burn the ships thing, right? Yeah. Literally a month before that first lockdown, I bought my second studio. <laughs> so I was do like, how, do you know how common that is? Because um, I don't know how much you know about me, but obviously we have a marketing agency for gyms. Yeah. And the sales calls that I have with gyms since lockdown number one, nearly everybody had some sort of something where they're like, I just bought the gym or I just moved to a new location or I opened a second location, like literally the start of that year. And it's yep. just then, man, that's, that's crazy. Well, it was just that thing, right? Like, you know, obviously our goal has always been to grow, expand, get better. Oh, you know, let's do more things effectively. And you have this amazing opportunity. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm taking it with both hands. And it's, you know, it's just like when you see something, you want to hit it. So you go for it. And then we're like, we get in this new gym, like, oh, how good's this new team? Basically, effectively doubled our business. And then bang. And I was like, all right, like action station. Then like, we have to, like phone calls, like da 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 da. It's like, what do we need to do to like to keep going, man? Yeah. And then that's what I mean. Like, and obviously, that's probably been my biggest learning lesson as a leader. Because going from sort of one studio where I was there all day, every day, I was effectively the face of it. Like, if any trainers need to have a coffee, I was always there to effectively then when I went to two studios, I was there 50% of the time effectively. Yeah. So that was probably my biggest lesson, especially, and I think it was probably a really good time because it was probably one of those times you had to learn as opposed to want to learn. The, um, that was an accelerated learning period there for a lot of people. I know even for our business as well, like having like the whole industry was affected from multiple aspects right down to like the equipment providers, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so everybody had to adapt, uh, including the clients though as well. Hmm. And so um, there was like this baptism by fire, so to speak, but what's some of the nuggets or the wisdom that you've drawn from that last 18 months as a leader? Now, it doesn't rely on me anymore. It can't. Right. So one of the things I've massively learned is like I said, when I was just in one facility, it's just me. Like I was the one from the front leading it all. And I think that's great for your ego when everyone's like, oh, you're the best one there. But it's not necessarily great for your business because same again, you want to go on holidays, all that sort of stuff. You need things to keep going. Um, So probably one of my biggest lessons this last 12, 18 months, I'm still obviously getting heaps heaps better at it. It's still something that's constantly in my head is how do I create more leaders? How do I create better systems? How do I create better processes? How do I make sure my teams are better trained on the system? So then if there's an issue, I can say, have I trained that person perfectly to do that? And if I have trained them, then it's obviously a disciplinary thing. If I haven't trained them, then it's on me to then train them better. So becoming more objective about when there's an issue, like it's either I haven't trained them, I need to train them, or I have trained them. Now we need to have a conversation about following process. I like that. So you... You hit on something without actually saying it, but this is uh, something that has been on my mind quite a lot and that I've been implementing weekly for quite a while now is asking myself better questions, like taking the time to stop to ask the questions like what you just said. How do I create better leaders? How do I create better systems, processes? How do I create better client experience? Like whatever the thing is, and that when you ask a question rather than like, who fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, because it could be like what you said. Oh, well, man, like I told him once, didn't train him. I just told him, man, that's not me. Yeah, that's and my that's, fault. 
that's hard to do initially, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I think, and this is where it sort of comes from, and you've probably had a similar experience where when you were probably early on the piece, it was all on you and nothing was written down, but you knew it all. And so then those first couple of people that you train on these things, you basically just expect them to know it straight away. And then you go, why can't they get it? Because it's in my head, but it's not in their head. And they go, all right, cool. I needed to actually, and I was doing this with one of my girls I'm training on sales at the moment. I've been training around sales and I actually sort of said that yesterday. I was like, I actually haven't written a full five-day perfect phone script and how many follow-ups, how many emails, how many phone I haven't actually physically typed that up and given it to her. So I was like, all right, cool. For my sales process, for her to do a better effective follow-ups, I need to systemize it for her so then she can have a process. So I did that for her yesterday. I go, cool, Breezy, how's that? And then that just kind of went, boom, I've now trained her better. So she's now going to be more effective. That's great. And how much more do you understand the processes when you have to write it out? Yeah, 100%. It's crazy. I think as well, like it's in your head. So you just kind of know it and do it without actually really, it becomes autonomous after a while. You have that like unconscious competence where it just becomes that second nature skill. But then you don't realize that the people that you're training, they're learning it for the first, second or third time. They haven't done it for 10 years over and over and over and over and over. So it's that's, that's true, man. Just incompetence. So you have to teach them to be competent at it. I love that because the topic of leadership, at least in my experience, I found it's hard to learn from a book. Yep. Like you've got books, like everyone's got like the Jocko Willink, you know, extreme ownership and, you know, dis- whatever his other ones are like, you know, on leadership and, um, couple other ones like there's some great books don't get me wrong books get you to a certain level but i found it's it's a kind of like almost like a it's a thing that you can't see yeah it's not like something that you can be like well here's leadership this is it (laughs) you know what i mean so it was for me it was a concept that was hard to grasp at the beginning having your first one employee two employees but then you get it by the doing i think yeah I feel like that's it for me personally anyway. What about your experience? Mate, I think massively. I, I think about even in our like my business career and business growth, I'm really, really aware that I'm that the businesses won't grow if I'm still the head of it and not growing. Like if my leadership stays kind of here, I'll only ever get to kind of like just below it, that whole like law of the lid, right? That John Maxwell theory. I'm writing, I'm reading that book at the moment, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of yeah, Leadership. I'm real that book there. That's and that's the first law. Yeah, law of the lead. one. So he speaks like it's that whole thing. If if you're never going to get better as a leader, you can't expect your people to improve. So it's like we can look around and tell like our it's a, it's like in our footy team. If we're expecting if we're the halfback, we're expecting our prop to play better, yet us as a halfback aren't actually playing better either, we can't expect the team to win. So the halfback has to get better. The prop has to get better. The centers have to get better. Everyone has to get better together for the team to actually then move forward and win. I love that. Law of the lid. That's a good one. That was, yeah, I'm about halfway through that book now. And uh, there that I've literally like highlighted the whole book, I think, because Maxwell's awesome. Hey, he's, he's a, Oh, OG man. He's <laughs> very, um, if you hear him talk, like I've got it on his podcast, a couple of, I heard a couple of his podcasts. He's got this very like um, religious preachery sort of voice about him, but he's talking about business. So yep. it's kind of, he comes from that background though. 
Yeah, so he's think, a creature, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but then he puts it into a business thing and it's kind of like, huh. Like it's kind of, I don't know, there's something about his voice that just really hits me right. Like when he says something, I'm like, ooh. That's, yeah, that's juicy. <laughs> even um, I like talk about like religious preachers that talk about leadership, like that T.D. Jakes. Have you ever heard of him speak? Who's that? So he's an African-American preacher, um, but he speaks about leadership. And one of his sort of best ever ones, and I've, I reckon I've watched it a hundred times, he, he talks about in order to go to new levels of leadership, levels of life, levels of whatever, you have to know there's going to be new devils. So he says new levels, new devils. I've heard that expression before. So that's from T.D. Jakes. Got it. What's so, his name, T.D.J.? Uh, T.D., so capital T, capital D, and then Jakes, J-A-K-E-S. J-A-K-E-S. Got it. So he speaks that in order for you to get to the next level of, you know, to go from a manager to an owner or whatever the level is, you have to acknowledge there's going to be more difficulties, more issues, more problems. So for you to go to that next level, you have to be able to handle that higher level of problem because that That's comes true. with the territory. That's so true. There's a couple of things you spoke about here that are just bang on the money. So the new levels, new devils thing is something I'll come back to that. Uh, the thing where you're like relying on me anymore, like where you said a little while ago, where it doesn't just rely on me anymore. It can't because you've got split you between two locations, right? Yeah. And for the business to be able to be successful long-term in any business, it can't just rely on you, the owner, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really, that's a really funny topic because a lot of people, gym owners start a gym because they love fitness. Like they were usually a trainer before, right? Yeah. And they were the top dog. They were the one killing it. They were the one, whatever. And then when they bring people in, that same sort of like ego, whether it's conscious or unconscious, is in place. But for you to really grow a successful gym, you need to bring up, as what you said, bring up other leaders, other trainers that might be better than you. That was literally me, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was all on me. And I, and I loved it because I was like, oh, everyone's relying on me. And then I was like, hang on, this isn't actually like what to do. Yeah. There's... um. Everyone knows Alex Homozi and one of his things he's talked about recently was uh, don't have your business to satisfy a personal need of like ego and like self-worth and, you know, blah, 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 blah. The only reason the business exists is to service the customer. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And so sometimes uh, it, that, that is actually a really hard thing to personally learn but if you're aware of it first, you're like, is this just for me, benefiting me being like this? Or what would actually be better for the business long-term? Um, and it comes back to like what you said, how do I make better systems? How do I bring up better leaders? How do I do all of that? Um, and what's what's some of your, what other tips have you got for leadership going through these last 18 months? What's been some like real like gems that you're like, wow. And it's funny, hey, like, where obviously you speak, like we're speaking to people that own gyms or are PTs and like obviously I've a PT and own a couple of gyms. I think we forget how good our clients are sometimes. Like it's a really, really underutilized thing. I say it to our teams all the time. If you're doing one-on-one PT and you're training a client, you know, between three to five times a week, more often than not financially, they're at a level where they're pretty high up in a business. 
or they've just you know, had a massive inheritance. But more often than not, they're, they're managing a big business or they're, they own a big business. Um, I think sometimes you just need to ask your clients what they do. Like, like, that's all I've ever done. Like all my really, really good clients, they all have my sort of top five really good clients all have between 50 and 500 staff. Wow. See, so, that's pretty special. So you just ask them questions and you're like, and because obviously you're helping them with their health and they're getting fitter and losing weight and all that stuff, they're more than happy to just go, oh yeah, this is what I do with this. This is how I'm helping this manager. This is how I'm, I'm firing this bloke because he's not up to this standard. Like they just, they'll tell you because you like, you develop a relationship. Yeah. And uh, guys, if you're listening to the recording on this podcast, wherever you are, my kids have just got home and they're crying, both of them. <laughs> so if you hear that, no, you're not hearing things. That is actually children crying in the background. Um, so oh, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do remember that as well, actually, from when I was actually PT. It's almost like you've got this amazing network. I we used to I used to call it like our invisible Rolodex. I'd have a bricklayer, I had a plumber, I had a you know a, a somebody that was in legal. I had all these things, so I'd be like, I'll just come in and actually, this is a pretty cool thing to do if anybody's not doing it. Is um, just ask your clients what they do, like what you said, but also then ask them what do they need help with with anything at all. And then you connect two of your clients together to help them grow their businesses is like the things that people have within your client list is probably pretty amazing if you really dig into it. And I think it's so underutilized, not that by saying underutilized, not that I mean we should sit there and try and like extract everything from our clients as we can. But like if we're providing a really, really good service to our clients, they actually like it's more often not, they're usually older than us as well. They're more experienced than us. They look to us as like, like if I'm trying to ask one of my clients about business, a lot of them actually like really enjoy taking the time to try and help because they see that you know, this young bloke trying to have a crack, trying to get better. They see themselves sort of 20 years ago. And so they're like, yeah, this kid's having a red hot go. Like I'm happy to teach him because he's helping me do X, Y, Z with my health. So like it goes both ways. Yeah. I found that actually to be true with a lot of people that I've met over the years is people that are really successful. Um, and if you have some sort of connection to them, not like trying to like DM them on Instagram, be like, Hey yeah, man, ask me great. for some, yeah. whatever. But if you know, them, like if it's, you know, you know, a mate of a mate or whatever, um, however you know them, um, most people love to help. They yeah. love it. They, they love to help. It gives them a little bit of like, because sometimes you get stuck in the day-to-day of your job and the stress and the this, but then if you can impart your knowledge onto somebody else, like people, people love to do that. They love to help if you're genuine and not just like trying to literally bleed them dry for info. Yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the day, we're still providing them a service. Like you can't just spend 30 minutes asking them to tell you to give, basically give you a business coaching session. <laughs> but like if you are helping them to genuinely feel better about themselves, lose five to 10 kilos and like help that old knee injury, Yet every now and again, you just ask them a couple of questions about what's going on in their business and they tell you. And by them telling about their business, it actually gives you so much help with them, them even knowing. Then I, I think that's great. That's awesome. And that's, that is part of just like being a good coach though as well is should ask every single client what's going on in their personal life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's how you can coach as well. If you know, it's at like, talk about the levels of intimacy. Like 
obviously we don't want to be with them all day, every day, watching every single meal. But if we have a pretty rough idea of what's going on in their life, we can know when to push, know when to push, uh, when not to push, sorry, like when to completely let them have the weekend off or when to be like completely anal on them. Like it's because you know them better. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, you can then take some gleans of knowledge from that indirectly, probably like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, and like you said, like what's one of the biggest things that you do in Andalusia? Like that's honestly, I've got a couple of really good clients that I've been working with for sort of eight, nine years. And I just openly ask them like what they would do in certain situations. That's pretty and cool. That's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like let's not overcomplicate it. Like we've already got these people in our databases. Yeah. That's actually pretty true. So yeah, you wouldn't do like an email blast out to them. Like, Hey guys, I've got this problem. But like, while well, you got them in the gym, just in passing, yeah. you'd be like, Hey, just real quick. I know you're in X, Y, Z industry. What would you do in this situation? Cause I've, that's actually happening right now. Yeah. But there is, I I feel like there is a point though, like you don't want to air your dirty laundry to your clients at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah, actually very obviously selective on how you talk about it and all that sort of stuff. But like more often than not, they've had a pretty similar situation with one of their staff members or one of their processes or one of their customers. And they'll tell you a story about that. And you don't even have to say, oh, that's actually happened with, with me right now. But you probably just grab that, put it in the back pocket. And the next time that situation comes up, you know how to deal with it because you've heard it in a different scenario. That's cool. So you're just building up your little database of knowledge, just like in little passing snippets here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Um, you talked about obviously having team training them up and stuff like that. So what's your, a big thing that I get a lot, even with our existing clients at the agency as well as like, man, we're growing we need more stuff like and coaches is the number one thing that gyms need um, to be able to help handle the growth and um, whether they're part-time, full-time, whatever, right? Where do you go to find good coaches and what's your like leadership hat that you have on when you're looking to hire new people? Well, I'm doing a podcast right now that speaks to PTs. <laughs> so there's one. Yeah. Um, but no, mate, to be honest, like, if you're in the Gold Coast area, guys, and you need yeah. a job. Yes, if you want a job, come as a call. Um, but, yeah, like, that's literally it. Like, how many places are we getting around, like, obviously speaking to all the RTOs, so someone like like our mutual friend Mooney, like, who runs 51 Fit, speaking to AIF, speaking to Shout AIF. out to Mooney, if you're listening, mate. Uh, send us some trainers. Um, yeah, so, like, all the RTOs, right? So, we'll, I've actually got a... Uh, one on work experience at the moment from Griffith Uni, who's doing exercise science um, exactly. and wants to move into fitness. So same again, if you have those people on work experience and I'll take anyone on work experience because I know that there's going to be a few that aren't very good, but I know that if I keep taking them on, one will be really good. So the most recent trainer that we hired at Southport did three months work experience, experience with us over Christmas. Um, she was absolutely amazing. I literally said to her, as soon as you get your certificate, call me. And she called me the next day and said, hey, I got, grad- I got certified yesterday. And I was like, all right, cool, start next week. Like, you're in. So good. So, like, things like that, like taking on those work experience. So, just knowing all those providers. Um, and then even just with your teams, like, if they've gone through AIF or ARPT or TAFE or all the different ones, do they know anyone? Do they keep in contact with anyone still? Um, so, sort of those internal referrals from just like a client, like asking our trainers, do they have any friends who want to become trainers? And then same again, it's our social media marketing. So mm. 
and even with our social media marketing, not necessarily posting directly, we are looking for trainers. It's the same as like your normal social media marketing. Here's a client who's got a great result. Here's a trainer who's our trainer of the month. They've done X, Y, Z and we've rewarded them like that. So we do a lot of our social media where we're talking about our trainer development pathways, our trainers getting awards for certain things, our trainers getting trainer of the week, trainer of the month, um, like doing a little highlights on social about the trainer. So then when people sort of do flick through our socials, they're saying, oh, yeah, like the trainer's getting highlighted, not just the client. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So a potential trainer might see that and go, oh, that seems like a pretty cool place to work. Like they're doing ongoing development. They're going for lunch for someone's birthday. They're giving them an award for trainer of the month, all that sort of stuff. That's cool. And then indirectly, you're getting people maybe hit you up and go, hey, actually, I've noticed that you guys do this. Are you hiring? Yeah, 100%. Okay, cool. Because, um, yeah, that's the ever ongoing issue that a lot of gyms have is like, where do we find good people? And you've yeah, just exactly. you've just answered that. Yeah, because uh, when we had our um, three locations, our best staff that we got were chiropractic university students, yeah. ex-phys uni students, because they're already they knew more about the anatomy and shit than I did. Yeah. And so they came in and then, you know, you've got them for like at least two, three years if you get them at the start yep. because they're doing something 99 times out of 100. They've already got their Cert 3 and 4 because they're already interested in it. Yep. And, uh, and it's in the same field. So they're getting like live practice. That's shit that they're learning in uni and they can do mid sessions or post sessions. So it's kind of a win-win all around. And they're getting paid. At the same time, so and they're not yeah pulling beers or making coffees or something whilst they're studying. Yeah, they're actually like adding to their study. So it's and the people at uni are really interested in that stuff, obviously. <laughs> so I find that that's a pretty good pool to tap into if you can get in there. So, yeah, yeah. So like I said, I've got my work experience person owns from Griffith, and then the one I've just hired was an exercise science student that didn't want to go into exercise science after graduating, wanted to become a PT. So it's like perfect, amazing. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah. Well, that's the kind of, that's the dream, right? Yeah. Well, you exactly every single money like that. You could, to, obviously, looking at a financial standpoint, probably make more money as a PT than an ex-biz as well. At the moment, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think that I think that career path is still sort of five to ten years away. Mm. Or it becomes very, like, standalone. Yeah, true, true. Um do you have anything else that you've learned, maybe not necessarily leadership-wise, but over this COVID period that we are like, and let's let other gym owners know about this stuff? Could be marketing, could be sales, could be, could be anything. Is there anything that you want to share, one final thing? I think the marketing perspective has changed a touch. And you obviously being in the digital space would see this a fair bit. Like we used to do a fair bit of, walking into businesses, introducing ourselves, just coming and going, hey, would you like, you know, you're a local business, would you like to start an affiliation, all that sort of stuff. We used to do heaps and heaps and heaps and have heaps of success. But I've really found in this last little period, the face-to-face is dying. And I think that's because people, like other people are still working from home or yeah. they're working two days at home, two days at home. Like we used to work into, walk into an office somewhere and, speak to 30 people and get 10 names and get two of them in, right? Whereas now you might walk into a big office space and there'll be 10 people there because half of them are working at home, half of them 
Ah, uh, you know, it's just yeah, really that's it. That's true, right? Yeah. So I think that space has changed. Like we used to invest a lot of um, our marketing dollars into like literally sending our trainers out on foot, walking into big buildings and just like, just saying good day to people, introducing ourselves, giving out water bottles, pieces of fruit, stuff like that and starting conversations. And that used to be great for us because that's just the way the culture was. Everyone was just happy to say good day. I've really found this last sort of two years, it's completely switched on its head. People almost don't want you to walk into their building anymore because you're going to have to check in. Like what happens if you have COVID and you spread to the office? Like, well, there's all those weird little things that change now. Um, And same thing, one thing I've noticed as well, over the last of three years especially, and you say this again as well, like we used to have an intent inquiry and I would pretty much guarantee that would be a client the next day. I pick up the phone, ring them. Yep, sweet. Tuesday, 4.30, booked in for your consultation. They walk in, they sign up, see you later. And if they didn't get a hold of them the first time, they would ring you back and apologize for missing your phone call. That's and, crazy. That shit does not happen. And yeah, you know this right now. And it's fine because this is just the way that it's changed. As we know now, it sort of takes between five and nine dials to actually get someone on the phone. And then if you do get them on the phone, they've already been served ads from three or four different other gyms. So you've got to obviously differentiate quickly on the phone, got to find pain quickly, got to book the consultation within one to two days to get them in. Then your show rate's lower than it used to be. And then when you do get them in, obviously, then your sales skills have to be better to convert them. So it's just changed a little bit, which is fine because if you train your sales skills, if you train your phone skills, if you train on the new sort of standards, you just know that's what it's going to be like. But yeah. I've just, I don't know, you've probably seen this as well, but I've just noticed that's been a big difference over the last five years. Yeah. So face-to-face is obviously dying, as you said, um, particularly with COVID stuff, but the digital space, because it's more... It's what uh, it's what's called the post-click experience. You can't just get a lead and then go, cool, that's it. Yeah. It's there's obviously end-to-end the whole process. And I've got so many podcasts where I speak about this, but <laughs> you've got before you even write the ad, it's like, well, who am I writing the ad to? Who is who is my ideal clients? Because that matters. Because if you're writing the ad to just everybody, you're going to get all sorts of weird people opting in that you might not want. Yeah. So. That's number one. Then number two is then you actually got to get their lead, but then for, it doesn't stop there. That's the fir- that's the first milestone out of like five. Yeah. And mile- then milestone number two is getting contact with them, whether yeah. it's text, whether it's phone. Phones are obviously number one. That's king. But if you can get text communication, that works as well. Um, and then from there, you got to try and get them to either one show to the gym or show to a phone call, whether you're doing phone call closes or you're doing in-person closes. And all of that needs to be dialed in, as you said, hitting the dials. Are you doing double dialing? Are you sending texts? Are you sending reminders? Are you doing a selfie text message with your face so they know who to look for when they come into the gym? Are they doing are you, are they doing all these extra bits and pieces? Because it's not as easy as like just being good at fitness. Yeah. You have to be good at business. You have to be good at sales, follow-up, sales and then onboarding all of that stuff matters because you're right competition in the gym space is through the roof and you have to be world-class or otherwise there's literally like 10 other options they could go to Hmm. which is good like because obviously i want to be better so i want to be the best i'm happy to i'm happy to learn the skills kind of thing it's just when we're obviously now teaching team like i said before but the process of teaching your team how to do it your process of teaching has to be so much better than it used to be 
Because if they're brand new at it and they go, oh, why, why don't they just answer the phone the first time? You go, well, because that's just, that's not how it works. That's normal. Yeah. That is normal. Welcome to the club. Yeah, the sooner you actually understand, they probably won't answer the phone. And out of your 10 phone calls, you're most likely going to speak to three of them. And the sooner that becomes a normal thing in your brain, the better they go, oh, okay, cool. So if I, if I make 20 calls, I'm going to get six people. Yep. Cool. So I'm going to have six extra clients make 20 calls a day. Yep. Cool. Like you're not going to get 20 from 20. It doesn't exist like that in your world. No. Six, and if you had six extra clients in your book, would you be happy? Yeah, I'd be stoked. Cool. That's true. And so um, we just did a masterclass with one of our clients. He actually has full-time salesperson. He has two different gym brands. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has a salesperson for each brand. And um, they have KPIs of $150 a day. So you got to be minimum $150. It's not pickups because he knows the ratio. Do $150 yeah. a day. What's that? That's like $700 or $800 a week if you do a five-day week. And out of that, you're going to get like 20 signups. Yeah. So that's like he's worked it all the way back in terms of like you probably get more bookings and then you have your no-shows and all of that stuff. So you just need to understand that like just because you got 10 leads doesn't mean you're going to get 10 sales. And just because you got 10 leads doesn't mean you're going to have 10 phone calls today. You might have conversations with them in day three, day four, day five. Like you just don't know. Um, but I think that's uh, in part, that's part of the leadership, circling back to leadership. That's part of the whole process of being able to impart that, the knowledge that you have, but also the expectations. Expectations is a massive thing. And in leadership, that's a, that's one of the biggest roles that you have is to set proper expectations, set the standards, and then make sure that you yourself meet that standard, but then everybody else can raise to that standard as well. Yeah, I think, like, like you said about if they're trying to make $150 a day, but if you've got a salesman, you just said to them, go make $150. And then in that first $20, they don't care to cold of anyone, that salesman's probably going to go really defeated. Like if they, if they haven't been given the expectation of, hey, me as your boss, I know you're going to make $150, but I actually expect you to speak to whatever their ratios are. They've obviously worked it out, which you obviously need to as well. I expect you to speak to X amount of people. So that's my expectation. So then the, the person that's actually then making that call is more aware of the ratios. So then they don't set themselves up for their own like internal failures either. They yes. Perhaps supposed to be cool. I'll just keep going because this is the numbers. This is how it works. If I just keep doing it, that's my result. Yeah, of course. And yes, he does have those. I was have those KPIs as well. So there's the yeah. key, the dials, then there's the conversations, then there's the um, the closed sales because they do phone closes. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. You're bang on. You got to have expectations from day one or otherwise they'll feel like they're failing when in fact they might be doing a great job. Yeah. I actually had this conversation with uh, one of my team the other day. We were just talking about his, um, his average PT hours and he had just one bad week where he had a few people sick all that sort of stuff, which happens. Right. And he goes, Oh, like, I really need my hours to be at this level. Otherwise I can't pay my bills. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yep, I totally understand. And I sort of sat back with him and I heard, let's just review your last six months. I said, what's your goal for your week? And he said, the number. And I was like, cool. Uh, let's review your last six months. On average, you're doing five hours more than your goal every single week. So yeah, you, you had one week where you had four people away and you're a little bit lower than what you wanted. 
but on average, you've actually had five extra clients per week over the last six months than you actually want. So yes, you've had one couple of bad weeks, but over like 26 weeks, you've actually exceeded your expectations. Yeah. And see, look at that. That's a part of leadership right there is showing them how to look long-term rather than so short-term focus um, because that can ruin somebody's uh, mindset, whether it's sales or like whatever they're doing. They look too much on the micro. If you look at the more macro picture, you'd be like, oh, actually, man, we're crushing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really hard to do that sometimes, right? Because when you're sitting right in the middle of it and your phone's buzzing and someone's saying this, that, and the other thing, and all of a sudden your brain starts churning, it's really hard to actually just take a step back and review it and go, oh, actually, we're, we're, we're on track. We're doing really well. Yeah. We're actually doing what we want to do. Like we're actually hitting our goals. And then as soon as you sort of sit down and go, oh, we're going okay, all of a sudden things start happening again. Yeah. And it's that whole, you know, people talk about like, oh, the universe works lots of time, but obviously, no, we're doing the hard work to get it. But it just seems as though when you realize you're actually on track, things get on track again. And you're probably going to follow the actions to do that again as well, as opposed to freaking out and having even more bad stuff happen. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, that's expectations and checking data, like looking at the numbers, because instead of being emotional, just look at like, well, let's look at the figures. Let's see what happens first before we make any judgments. <laughs> yeah, let's be like completely objective about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to do initially That's as well. Hard. Yeah. Especially when you're in, as you said, when you're in the day to day, Hey, you've got clients calling you, you've got staff, got something like here, like this, something's that you wait a bit of equipment broke or something. And then you're trying to just, you know, do the stuff and then <laughs> your brain starts going, you do have to sit down, take stock and focus on that and focus on the numbers and remove your emotion for the time being. And if the numbers are bad, then you can have a five minutes of freaking out and then pull your finger out and do and something about it. Go do something to change the yeah. But do <laughs> something. Free, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, mate, this has been awesome. Um, so what I got from this was plenty of stuff. There's actually a lot of stuff, but it was the leadership means that it doesn't rely on you anymore. It's about everybody else. That's probably the biggest thing that I've got from this. If we were to summarize it, it's yeah. about you now making other leaders, you now get making helping systems and making the environment for everybody in your else in your team to win. Yeah. Not just you. Well, if I help everyone else win, I'll win on a bigger scale. Boom. If I had that drop and bombs noise, I would boom. <laughs> But like, right like if you help this person get a bit better and they're doing a job for you and then that means I can then move up again because someone can then take my spot. So if I want to, for instance, go to three gyms or whatever, like 10, 15, whatever, like whatever the numbers are, doesn't matter. But if I want to progress, I need someone to effectively take my spot. And same again, and like you need to go throughout your whole levels of all your teams. Someone, if you just want someone to move up a spot, you need someone to move up into that spot because there's going to be an empty spot. So you kind of, the way I sort of see it is like, I need to be training everyone up a level all the time. Dude, that's worth the whole podcast right there. I'm going to make that a little Instagram quote. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that little snippet. We are uh, 40 minutes to get one bit of good value for you. <laughs> <laughs> way more than that. That's <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, Look, if people want to go check out your stuff that you've been posting on Instagram, you know, if, like what you mentioned before, if they want to like flick your message or whatever, is it best to check out your Instagram and Facebook pages for the two gyms? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, our, uh, so 
our Instagram for our two big ones, we've got, we've got Vision PT Southport and Vision PT Bundle, all one word. Um, and then on my personal Facebook, I do heaps and heaps of educational posts and two-step posts and so I like obviously a bit of organic stuff as well. That's just me, Jack Smith. And then on my Instagram, uh, I do a, just a fair bit of just me, mate. Just enjoy my life. Um, shit real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, there might be some people maybe in the area or maybe they know a friend in the area. And if you can get an extra um, awesome trainer out of this, mate, that would be me adding value back to you because now yeah. you've added value to to us. So thanks, dude. And really appreciate it. And that's, let's stay in touch, man, because uh, we're so local. We've got to catch up for a coffee. Yeah, I'd love to. Let me know. Thanks, legend. And uh, I didn't even pitch my stuff. I normally do this on here. So, guys, what kind of marketer would I be if I wasn't pitching my shit? So, if you're a gym owner and you listen to this and you're like, hey, actually, this is, these guys know what they're talking about and I need some ads done and you want to know a little bit more about our agency services, it's go to Iwantgymleads.com. Iwantgymleads.com. You can go through there. You can see everything. You can book a time to speak with me directly. And we can just have a casual chat just like, what me and Jack are having here right now. It's not a sales call. It's just a, like a, hey, let's find out if what we do is going to help you. And then you can get all the information and you can go away and make a decision on what you want to do with it that way. That's how we work here. But Jack, thank you so much, mate. You're a legend. And everybody else, I'll see you all next time. Bye. Thanks a lot.